Hey everyone, MJ from the editing bay here, which is my couch. There was an issue with this episode. There's some audio dropouts, so if you hear that, that's what it is. It just sometimes it sounds like you're listening to the radio edit version of the show, but I think you can still get the gist of it, and I hope you enjoy. perspective the podcast based on a youtube channel based on a podcast i definitely did that on my first try and this isn't the second take we've had of it uh as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm michael mori i'm missy lonsinger and uh what's up guys it's Hello. been a while uh, together been, at last yeah it's been a long time since we've recorded anything so especially in person yeah particularly yes. in person but um i yeah. have to sit in my closet sweating my ass off <laughs> um yeah, so we have not been here for a while because it turns out it's kind of hard to record a movie podcast during a pandemic that shuts down movie theaters. True. Mm. Um, so yeah, we haven't recorded anything because of a, a handful of reasons. One, uh, there hasn't been a lot out. Mm-hmm. Um, two, what's been out has been kind of prohibitively expensive, I think, for uh, both the co-hosts of this show who make no money off of this. And also, uh, you guys, like, we don't want you guys to have to feel like you're behind a paywall uh, to enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the, the the new release movies have been, you know, anywhere from $20 to $30. Uh, and three, that's my fridge. Uh, three. <laughs> the most we, important reason. Yeah, we're recording around my dining room table, which we, we don't usually. Um Three, the stuff that's been coming out isn't particularly interesting. Hey, Ham- <laughs> Hamilton was a gift. Hamilton was good, but of we did an episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Bill and Ted 3 was good, but I don't know if we have like an hour's worth of stuff to say about it. Like, that's just kind of a nice, good movie. And like Keanu and Alex Winter are charming, and that's kind of all I have to say about it. And like, the other thing is, there haven't been like touchstone things, I think, that have kind of come out. Mm. Um, for people, like, I mean, I think two-thirds of us saw, like, The Devil all the time, but, like, yeah. I don't think the audience is big enough to warrant, yeah. like, us doing an episode on it. Like, it would have been probably pretty interesting just based on, like, our faith backgrounds, but sure. I don't know if you guys would have listened to it. <laughs> like, um, So, yeah, we've just been a lot more selective uh, lately, but if there is stuff you want us to do, let us know, uh, please. Any yeah. sort of feedback is appreciated. We're on Facebook. You can reach out to us individually. We're not like famous. Um, so no, we're not, <laughs> you're a star baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, if you guys, if there's something you want us to do, reach out. It's not like we don't have time kind of, I mean, I kind of don't have time, but, um, <laughs> You know, that's neither here nor there. The other thing is uh, we haven't been just kind of like 
hanging out in our closets. That's for podcasting, actually. Right. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've for clarification. Doing, yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. This exclusive quarantine time has been only in my closet. <laughs> um, we've been doing stuff. So um, I know I've been really bad about self-promotion. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, so I'll start. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff this month in October. One thing that's ongoing is I started a second podcast, which was kind of a bad idea, but I love it, so it's fine. Um, I started a podcast about Jaws, and that should surprise exactly zero of you. (laughs) Um, And uh, I'm wearing the shirt right now, which uh, you can get merch. That one actually has merch associated with it. The logo is very sick. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was done for us for free in three hours. Which nice. Is crazy. It wow. looks really good. Yep. I could not make anything remotely that good in three nope. hours. Nope. I have no idea. Shout out to Alex. He did so good. And we had an original merch store and then it got nuked by Redbubble for copyright. Oh no. Yeah. Mm. So because it was so the the shirt I'm wearing is just the straight picture logo. Right. The one we originally had had the text for the title of yeah. the show, which is called Let's Jaws for a Minute. Mm-hmm. And it it got nuked on Jaws. Oh. Which is weird because I feel like Jaws shouldn't be a copyrighted term. Right? Um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, That's strange. So, huh. so lawyers. Did, yeah. Did dentists have to pay <laughs> like Peter Benchley and Universal every time? Uh, or any anytime someone needs the Jaws of Life used to rescue them? Like, uh, oh, that's my neighbor. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm doing Let's Jaws for a Minute with Sarah Buttery um, from Jump Cut. You guys probably uh, recognize her name from Jump Cut. We've been Twitter buds for uh, quite a while. She's one of the first people that I followed on Twitter and who followed me back. And uh, one day she just put out like, hey, would anyone... One, we've kind of been wanting to podcast about Jaws, but it it was it's kind of hard to like... When you're so close to something, it's hard to kind of fit it into one episode. And just like for two super fans, it's hard to kind of like make sure everyone's getting like equal time and like just doing the, their love for the thing justice. Mm-hmm. And so then she put on Twitter like, Hey, would anyone listen to a podcast where I go minute by minute through Jaws and it's called let's Jaws for a minute, uh, which is a pun. Um, and I said, Hey, do you need a co-host? And then she slid into my DMS and now we have a podcast together, hey. which is cool. Um, so yeah, it's been really neat. Uh, the level of analysis that we do is shocking every week, even to us. Um, (laughs) every week starts the same. Our recording process is, I don't think we have anything. And then we watch the scene and it's like, oh, I've noticed so many new things about this little chunk of the movie. (laughs) Um, so it's been really cool. It's been really fun. Um, we have some fun guests booked. And you should check it out. Let's Jaws for a minute. It's on everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on Stitcher. It's on Podbay, I think is what it's called. Um, Go subscribe. Leave us a review. Also, I was a guest through... um, uh, One thing you'll notice, everything I've done is based in the UK this month because Sarah Sarah is from the UK. And... uh, I was on the Fandamentals podcast with Harley Mumford. Uh, it's a podcast that started much like, I think, several dozen hundreds of podcasts over <laughs> quarantine as a kind of a way to bring positivity into the world. And it's, uh, I think, very successful at that. So he just brings people on to talk about their passions um, and he lets them choose the subject, which is cool because he reached out and I, like immediately he was like, here's the premise for the show. He reached out. Do you want to be interested? Me. Yes. 
and then he was like, what do you want to do it on? And almost instantly I typed pinball, uh, which <laughs> I was like, so you guys may not know this, listeners at home. I'm super into pinball. Uh, I don't know. I don't really talk about it because it's like not... That's a lot of subject people just like talk about. Hey, I'm a pinball guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I play semi competitively when there isn't a pandemic shutting everything down. And uh, it's actually that outlet for me has been surprisingly the thing I've missed the most, more than even going to the movies because I can watch movies at home. Yeah. I can't play pinball at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can play it digitally, but it's not the same. Uh, and. So he was like, yeah, I'm down. I would love to talk about that. Nice. And then I spent an hour just bombarding him with information about uh, <laughs> pinball. But it was a real good time. The Fandom Mentals podcast found wherever podcasts are podcasted. And then lastly, I came out of retirement from writing. I thought I was done with writing. And uh, then Amy Smith from Film for Thought. Oh, gosh. I should have looked this up before. Sorry, Amy. Uh <laughs> Films with Amy, at Films with Amy on Twitter. Um, Yeah, Film for Thought. I was right. Film for Thought, she does the ultimate choice uh, every so often, and it's sort of a zine, an e-zine. And this month's theme is found footage movies, which is an often maligned Mm. subgenre of film. Yeah. Uh, That happens to be one of my favorites. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I I was able to, I wrote about a a film called As Above, So Below, which is, uh, I revisited and I love that movie, but when I revisited, I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of stupid. Um, but I think thematically, it's really interesting and good and has a lot to say about like forgiveness and self-forgiveness. And hmm. um, if you're from a faith tradition, repentance uh, and like true actual repentance. Um, so, yeah, I got to write about that for uh, Film for Thought. So nice. go check that out. Um, I thought I was done writing, and then I took a bunch of writing classes, and I was like, I'm going to write again. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, Mike, y- your turn. I wrote and finished and self-published the novel Ooh. on Amazon called The Ashen Prophecy, which you can procure for about four bucks or three. It's about four bucks, digital Kindle edition. Or uh, $17.99 for the um, physical edition. It has been reviewed by Kirkus Reviews, which called it a striking and in- intricate fantasy that's skillfully bolstered by echoes of real-world conflicts. Nice. It's about a knight who tries to go and um, solve a problem involving mages who are being persecuted in a foreign land and comes into contact with a prodigy um, mage who might be the key to solving the conflict. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, it's a uh, passion project of mine, and uh, it's been a decent portion of the last year of my writing has been devoted to that, and um, I'm very proud of it. And I hope to um, make it more accessible to a wider audience somehow through some means so if someone has a way to do that let me know yeah reach out uh you also have another book too is this a sequel yes it's a sequel um to the aurora war but it's standalone because i knew that um it's a big ask to go and tell somebody hey go and get this other 500 page book (laughs) and read that before you read this one it the sequel um the ashen prophecy has a couple of the same characters that um, carry on through, but they're in a new land. They're dealing with new conflicts. It's kind of about like a guy who tries to fix other countries or kingdoms' problems. So um, 
you don't have to bring in any knowledge. You just maybe pick up on a couple references. But I mean, that the other one is also, I think, um, well done, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. But um, they tackle different themes, different kind of problems. Um, but they're both worth your time. And this is the one with the character named Joe Biden, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the real world conflict. I think I cut yeah. that out of the last episode. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Okay, is it my turn? Yeah, Missy, okay, cool, what do you got please. going on? Well, first, I want to say, like, having listened to MJ's other podcasts and having read, I haven't gotten into the new book yet, but I have read Michael's other book. They are both very good. I do recommend them, not that I'm biased, but definitely check them out. They are good. Um, as for me, plugging, I, nothing uh, really personally that I'm releasing, because I mainly do theater if I'm not doing podcasts, and unfortunately, theater has kind of been shut down, but... Uh, if you are in the greater Bakersfield area, uh, the empty space is a, which I am a, or on which I'm the board of directors on which the, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. You are the Senate. You I, are the you Senate. Know, I, am, I am the, the empty space. Uh -huh. Um, I am the empty space. Uh, <laughs> I'm a board, <laughs> I, I am a, a board of directors member. Um, and we do have a lot of really great offerings coming up. We're trying to be a little more unique than just doing zoom plays. Cause if anybody has watched. Zoom productions, no offense to the people in Bakersfield who've been doing them. Anyway, they're, uh, you know. Kind of trash? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little trash. It's a little uh, Brady Bunch and a little bit of it, like, if you've ever watched a news broadcast where it's like, now back to you, Michael. And then there's, like, that delay where Ooh. you're like, thanks, Missy. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. So that's, you know, we're, we're trying new things. There's gonna, there's Haunted Bakersfield, which is a local, like, you know, haunted house stories, ghost stories, stuff like that. We're going to be offering master classes coming up where you can learn, you know, dialects, auditioning skills, um, acting, you know, uh, monologue practice, stuff like that from various people from around town, uh, as well as some different virtual offerings like radio plays and stuff like that. So, oh, cool. you know, keep an eye out for that because theater is important and it's important to support the local arts. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been just doing nothing. Yeah. Um, that's that's what we've been up to. I did all this uh, from my closet, though. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> every, yeah. Which is actually more impressive than anything Mike and I did. We, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so check us out on, on those places. Uh, the book's on Amazon, right? Yeah. Exclusively on Amazon? Yes. Okay. For now, the other bookstores apparently can order it through Amazon or oh, something okay. like that. So they're, like, it can be stocked in other bookstores. So oh, cool. So it's not exclusive on Amazon. Dude, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, with that, we're here to talk about the new Die Hard commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys see that? Uh, I know you're talking about, but I haven't watched it yet. No. So on Saturday, oh, no. Rumor Willis, daughter of Bruce, uh, I almost called him Brucefer. Uh, <laughs> Brucefer Jones. Petition to make that his new name, please. Uh, tweeted oh. something that was like, "There's a new part of the Die Hard legacy, or whatever," and it said ten eighteen. 20 which it was the next day and uh then it happened and it was it was a two-minute commercial for diehard auto batteries what which is crazy yep what so hmm. now what john mcclain shilling diehard auto batteries is canon <laughs> wait is that a real thing is yeah. there oh, a yeah. product either that or uh -huh. yeah oh yeah it's been a product like for an auto zone oh, yeah. like i can go in and you can go get a diehard battery yeah they've been around for a while yeah. like they predate the movie actually like the joke around the movie was like oh is this a movie about auto batteries and it took them 32 years to cash in on well that. i'm a woman so why would i know anything about cars <laughs> or their batteries <laughs> 
the, uh, but well, truly though, I have no idea. This so the thing. brand, the brand did go away for a while. That makes uh, sense. So it yeah. went away huh. for a while, and so now this was diehard batteries. Uh, triumphant uh, return to the marketplace and also the death throes of Die Hard, the franchise. God. <sighs> um, that, was, that didn't happen with the Justin Long version? No. No, Die Hard? Okay. no that happened okay. with Live Free or... No, wait, shit. What Live, was free, Live Free or Die Hard was the... The Justin just, Long. That yeah. one was actually That okay. was good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, That's that pretty good. fun. Yeah. I didn't see the Russia one, though. Yeah, what I heard was that one called? From Russia with Die Hard? A, a Good Day to Die yeah, Hard? That's oh, no. Is that what it was called? Hey! Something like that. Oh, goodness. Right. Yeah, um, and now there's uh, they got the limo driver in it from the is it he in the second one? First one. He's in the first one. Oh my oh, okay. god! Yeah, he's he's in this one too. That's that's great. Yep. Good. It looks him. like they paid Bruce Willis to keep his eyes open. That's kind you of know? what his output has been the last. Year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh, it, I saw a tweet that said like. Uh, die Hard Auto Batteries. We'll give you ten million for this. <laughs> and Bruce Willis was like, "Do I have to be awake?" And they were like, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "Like, do I have to be conscious for this?" And they were like, "Yes." And he was like, "Make it 20. <laughs> and there's like a whole bunch uh, of like direct-to-video Bruce Willis stuff. Do you know this? Like, that's come out over the last ten years. He what? Just, yeah, he shows up for like a, a direct-to-video movie. He'll maybe do like two days of filming in it. That kind of like. They intersperse the scenes, you know, throughout the movie, so it yeah. doesn't seem like he's kind of in it for longer. <laughs> but really, it was like two days of filming, yeah. and then they'll slap his like face and name on the cover. But he's really only in it for maybe like five minutes. Jeez, this is like how he's been supporting himself. For the last <laughs> Here's the thing: Does he need to do that? I I, I guess so. I think so. Like I don't think he wants to work. I don't think he's getting any big projects. Yeah. So, like a lot of like these B movies just going. Give him some money, kind of get some street cred, help right. some in the international market, or sell it to you know whatever like a Netflix is over there. And so you know you'll see, oh man, it's a Bruce Willis movie, yeah. but he's like maybe in it for five minutes tops. But like, is he in tax trouble the way Nicolas Cage is? Well, or I, I don't know. He's had a couple divorces, right? Maybe his prenups weren't good. Maybe yeah. Or Demi's like, like sucking him dry. Either that, or he's got like a like a like a Johnny Depp problem Ooh. where like Johnny Depp has like such a spending problem yeah. but he's so accustomed to that being his lifestyle right. that he can't live any way else. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's that. I, I would guess it's probably more along those lines. Yeah. 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 Like he's bought an island somewhere and he needs to <laughs> pay it off. Yeah. Because Johnny Depp has like a um, tens of thousands of dollars a month wine habit yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, I mean the amount that man spends in hats and scarves alone. Right. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, because, like, Nick, at least Nicolas Cage comes by it, honestly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's in the movies he says he's in, right? right? Like, yeah. he's he is the main attraction. Yeah. God bless him for it. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, anyway, stay tuned for our failing, aging, washed-up movie star takes <laughs> in December when we visit Fat Man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the trailer for Fat Man, please do. Please go watch that. I thought it was fake. I thought it was fake when he sent it to me. I I was still not happy. I haven't punched you in the face. When MJ sent it, I paused it six seconds in and said, if this is what I think it is, I'm driving to your house, I'm going to punch you right in the face. And I didn't, but I should have. Because yeah, it was... I got a text that said, I'm on my way. <laughs> did you watch that trailer, Mike? I didn't I did, hear I your did, feedback I did. on it. Yes. Yeah, so, well, for our viewers, you probably explain what it is somewhat. Yeah, yeah so uh, Mel Gibson's uh, John Wick, but Santa? Gritty Santa. Yeah, so it's like a dark and gritty Santa reboot. Um, with Walter Goggins as like a yeah. hitman? Walton Goggins plays a That's hitman a, yeah. hired by a literal child mob boss to go and kill Santa Claus. Santa give him some coal or something. Yeah. And, yeah it's 
And that looks like the greatest movie ever made. Right? Got my interest. I'm Dude, here, I was I'm so... here for you, fat man. You're not the first one. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, at one point, Walton Goggins screams, Ugh. I came for your head, fat man. And Santa, Santa Claus, Santa. G-Bam Santa Claus, <laughs> says, you're not the first. It's wild. <laughs> it's, Santa. Know. What? The Easter Bunny came from at one point. It's... Tim Allen came from another time. Right, yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> Dude, I... I was telling these guys in the group chat, I would watch a hundred movies set in this universe. I need to find I out guess. everything. Yeah. The Santaverse. I, dude, show me like, show me what the Easter Bunny's doing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Hugh Jackman in Legends of the Guardian, right? Is that... Wait. Rise of the Guardians. Damn it. I mess it up every time. That's yeah. it. Rise of the Guardians. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it looks like a buck wild ass movie, man. Yep. yep. And uh, also, stop complaining about there being no original ideas and not supporting them when they come out. So... <laughs> That's uh, my two cents about that. But for real, we are here. We we talked for twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, for real, we are here to talk about Cobra Kai seasons one and two, which is a YouTube show uh, that got resurrected by Netflix. Yep. Um, so it started as a show on YouTube. It's connected to the Karate Kid. We'll get there in a minute. But it started as a show on YouTube Red, mm-hmm. uh, which then became YouTube Premium, which then died. <laughs> um, so. Uh, And so it ran for two seasons on that, and it got really favorable reviews when it was on YouTube, but everyone said, I'm not paying for that. Right. And uh, so eventually they made the first season free, and a lot of people watched it, and they were like, hey, that's pretty good. And YouTube was like, you want to pay for premium? And people were like, no. (laughs) And uh, so then it got ostensibly canceled and pulled from the service, but the good word of mouth, I guess Netflix saw something in there. They got the streaming rights to it from YouTube and put it on their service, and also greenlit and shot a third season that's coming out in January, which I didn't know, actually, until, like, the week I started watching it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was that soon. Um, Yep, and they greenlit a fourth season, which actually kind of doesn't matter, uh, as we've recently learned, uh, since they had greenlit a fourth season of the show Glow, (laughs) and then pulled the plug weeks before filming. Oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah. uh, people were pissed, and I mean the people who were involved. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. Mark Maron got on Twitter and was like, hey, what is going on, guys? Like, you promised us this, and then you pulled the rug out from under us like we were all preparing we had like wow. they, they had done work like they were getting ready to roll camera on it i think oh my, my understanding is did the actors and all of them still get paid though i thought they still got paid for it i don't but, know yeah i thought that they got paid for it still maybe <laughs> which is good right. but also like i mean it's still messed up yeah right, wrong. Right. yeah like mark maron was on twitter like let us do a movie at right. least like, right, you know we, we were Jeez. expecting a four season deal and like i guess the thing is that netflix's analytics show that like if a show has more than three seasons, people won't start watching it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, on average, people won't start watching a show that's more than three seasons. Okay. And it's like, well, then why'd you make a fourth one? And yeah. also there's a fourth season of Stranger Things that got shut down by the pandemic, and they're still pouring money into it. Right. So yeah. it's like, okay, this only applies to the things that don't make them copious amounts of sure. money. Correct. Yeah. So, Jeez. which is frustrating. <laughs> well, yeah. really, I thought one of the other reasons they cited was that, like, because Glow's about wrestling or something, yeah. right? is that there's a lot of, like, physical contact, and because it's COVID, it'd be difficult, which makes me go and wonder, okay, well, how's Cobra Kai Season 4 going to work? Right. Because karate. And also, Stranger Things Season 4, it's an action show at heart. I agree, yeah. Well, I know from, I mean, other podcasts I listen to with actors on them, it's because they get the 15-minute COVID test. So it's like Mm -hmm. they literally, you drive to set, you take your COVID test, you wait in your trailer, and if you're negative, then you just start shooting. Right. And it's so, I mean, I guess if you're doing it like that, but... 
Right. I don't know. Yeah, there are ways to do it for sure. I yeah. think Netflix is just kind of trying to see why. Sure. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, all that to be said, there is a third season coming guaranteed. It is shot, edited, and ready for release. Nice. And then there's a, a mythical fourth season that I'll believe when I see it. Um, but it follows uh, jo- uh, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, but going through their midlife crises. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, the two main characters from the first Karate Kid film, the protagonist and antagonist. And uh, so season one is kind of follows Johnny as he's this sort of burnout mm-hmm. guy who kind of is stuck in the glory days and really has a chip on his shoulder about Daniel and what he did to him at the 1984 All Valley uh, Karate Finals. <laughs> and uh, Daniel's a successful car salesman who has, I think, several dealerships in the Valley in mm-hmm. L.A. and kind of leans into the Karate Kid thing. And Johnny's jealous of that. And he's just trying to get his life together. And through uh, not so generous, but also generous donation from his estranged stepfather, uh, he starts, he takes a, a kid in his apartment complex under his wing and resurrects his old karate dojo, Cobra Kai. And uh, Daniel sees that Cobra Kai has been resurrected and decides that's a perfect time to leap off his midlife crisis and just decide that they're mortal enemies now without knowing anything about the new Cobra Kai. He literally sees the name and is like, I know what that's all about and I hate it. (laughs) Um, And so that's season one and it kind of follows... Uh, Johnny tutoring Miguel is the the kid's name that he's he's tutoring. It follows uh, him tutoring uh, mentoring Miguel through like karate and life lessons and like high school drama and high school romance and that kind of stuff. And um, Daniel has a couple kids too, and it's just about them their their lives kind of reintertwining with themselves as Johnny decides to get back into uh, the karate game and how that affects Daniel and his life. Um, and it culminates season one culminates in the all valley championship but in you know 2018 mm-hmm. um there's a couple other things in there johnny has a son that daniel takes under his wing as mm-hmm. kind of a student protege as well the way miyagi did to him um and he has to fight miguel it, it basically mirrors the structure of the first one but you know uh D- daniel larusso and johnny lawrence are now the miyagi and crease characters and miguel and johnny's son robbie are the Daniel and Johnny mm-hmm. of this version. And it's a little more, more, it operates in a much more morally gray area. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the original Karate Kid was more of like, Johnny's the bully, Daniel's the good kid, Daniel's the protagonist, he wins, he wears the white gi, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Johnny wears the black gi, and therefore Daniel wins. In the end, this is like, uh, they're both kind of cool, but they also both kind of suck. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Cobra Kai is much more like morally conflicted and like, the they're not quite the bullies like mm-hmm. it's told very much from cobra kai's perspective right mm-hmm. um at least season one is mm-hmm. and then uh you know daniel isn't just like the altruistic miyagi like he his motives are kind of crappy actually yeah. like he literally just wants to like screw with this guy for mm-hmm. no real reason mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, uh, you know, it was based on this, uh, it was, this show was based on an episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, <laughs> and also a music video that William Zabka directed, uh-huh. uh, and that was the inspiration for it, but it basically was the idea that Johnny was the true hero of, mm-hmm. uh, Karate Kid, and that 
Daniel was this outsider that came up and just started screwing with this mm-hmm. guy for no real yeah. reason. Yep. Um, and so uh, there's like, that's an arc in this episode of How I Met Your Mother where uh, Zabka and uh, Ralph Macchio uh, guest starred. And mm-hmm. I guess Barney says to William Zabka, like he always thought that Johnny was the hero yeah. of it. And so these two guys who created the show were like, hey, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then made a TV show out of it. Um, anyway, what did you guys think about Cobra Kai season one? Um, I, it's just, just season one or season one and two? Yeah, we'll just do season one for now. Okay. Um, I liked it. When I first started watching it, um, I, it was whatever. Um, I'm not a huge Karate Kid person. I never have been. I think we talked about at one point kind of our, our 90s sports kids movies and 80s mm-hmm. sports kids movies and stuff like that. And for me, that was, Karate Kid was never it. Yep. Um, I, I watched it and it was fine. Um, and like, I'm a human being who's existed for the last 30 years. So like, I'm very aware of the, the cultural references that come from it. Uh, but all that to say, I went in with very low expectations. Um, first episode, I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I felt like the plot lines you could see a mile away. But then as I kept watching it, I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of like intrigued by these characters. Like, they're, they're kind of setting this up in a really nice way. They're exploring things that I think there's, there's so many like, kind of kitschy tropes from the 80s and 90s in movies, whether it's like you're saying like, oh, you're in the white, you are a good guy, you are in the black, you are a bad guy. Uh, that kind of seeing the more realistic aspect of it and exploring those nuances was really interesting to me. Um, and, and it's very sweet. Like, it just has heart. It was just a fun thing to watch. So I actually enjoyed it a good amount. I uh, felt the same way. I mean, like uh, Missy, I did not really have any nostalgia toward Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. It was a little after our time. Even, even like, with, with that lag of, like, you're growing up, you're still sometimes seeing stuff from five years ago or mm-hmm. whatever. Um you that still wasn't like one of the things that I really watched ever um but I also knew of like the references and stuff like that from it and I had heard um during the YouTube Red days that it was pretty good mm-hmm. but then because of YouTube Red was not interested in paying for it and finding out for myself but one thing that I did hear from people and I'm gonna bring the last Jedi into this conversation. <laughs> so here we go. Take a um, shot. Was basically that this is like what the sequel trilogy of Star Wars should have been type thing, um, mm-hmm. which is that like it takes place as a sequel series after the original series, um, brings back the old characters, but unlike how you know we might feel about the Star Wars movies, it kind of honors them and kind of it mm-hmm. feels like they are the characters that they were before, and now they're just grown up and they have you know new struggles, but they're kind of the same struggles as before. Mm-hmm. Um, while also intermixing the new cast and it's not like the baton is necessarily handed off because i think they're both kind of like 50 50 in terms of focus in the show but Mm -hmm. um you don't feel like one's being diminished to go and prop up the other and i that's what i liked about this as i watched it um and what people said about it was true I, i think that i have no love for the original karate kid movie but watching this series I now have nostalgia for it, which yeah. is a weird thing. Like, I have respect yeah, for this movie that, that I yeah. did not have before. For sure. Um, because I feel like it actually fleshed out and the characters and gave them such like pretty decent, rich interior lives, especially Johnny and Daniel. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the, the side ones, especially in season two, we can talk about later. But with like the two original protagonists and their families, I feel like uh, it, it made them more uh, fleshed out, well-rounded people. Mm-hmm. So now I have more respect for what the original movie set up. And so, 
as it went on, I became more invested in it because I, you know, obviously I was kind of cynical. I, I think I've joked about this before, but a lot of movies I approached with like the impress me, like <laughs> kind of like arms folded, skeptical of everything type thing. But I, I felt that like those defenses, even within the first episode, kind of get uh, eroded away. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it because I think um, it's aware of its 80s tropes. It, it knows this is do, what it's doing with them, mm-hmm. especially in the first season. It has some fun with them. It's funny, mm-hmm. um, especially the Johnny Lawrence character is funny. Um, and, and watching him kind of grapple with being kind of a crappy person but trying to be better is a really interesting angle to take from like the sort of villain's perspective but Mm -hmm. then you've got to see that maybe the other guy was the villain i mean i don't really think daniel's as bad as some people interpret him to be but definitely see where they're coming from yeah but there's at least like some room for discussion which is cool Mm -hmm. um so that the grayish morality um and the shades of it i think are interesting way for uh direction for these things to take and so in general, I really enjoyed it, especially I feel like it culminates very well in the final episode and like ends on a really like hype note. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's uh, great. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so this episode was Mike's brainchild. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten a text from Mike. One, I'm hilariously bad at watching television. And so uh, Mike texted me and was like, hey, I started watching Cobra Kai and if this thing sticks the landing, because I thought it was just the two seasons. Um you know, it's going to be one of the better shows I've seen in a long time. And I was like, yeah, that's what I keep hearing. And just kind of left it at that. And it was one of those, like, completely, honestly dismissive, like, I'll put it on the list. Um, (laughs) There isn't a list. And, uh... I felt the resistance. Yeah. Um, and then Mike hit up the group chat and was like, we should do an episode on it. And I was like, yeah, that's the surefire way to get me to watch this damn thing. And, uh, so I did, um... It still took me until we had this episode scheduled to watch a season and a half of it in one sitting. But all that to be said, I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is dumb. Um, <laughs> the first episode's real dumb until it's not. Yeah. And so yeah. like, it's, it's really... Well, that's like both were because we were texting and we're like... So yeah. I was kind of... I get it. Like, he's this like old, like middle-aged dude who's kind of like, you know, just kind of wants to drink beer and like he's an alcoholic and all that and he's a little you know conservative or set in his ways or like not really like you know quote-unquote well suited for you know what society is now or whatever mm. and he's better about the glory days and then you know you see daniel and it's like oh, okay he's like the successful kind of jockey kid which is weird because johnny's also kind of the jockey kid but they kind of went get introduced and you're like okay yeah these are the guys bullying the kid mm-hmm. and then when that happens so there's a scene in convenience store in season one where uh johnny's like barely scraping by financially and he's just like trying to he's like scraping pennies to buy like slices of pizza at the convenience store mm-hmm. and he sees his kids trying to do a beer run and you're like okay it's these like crappy like teenagers being shitty to the old man like i get it um and then he sees miguel who he was racist to earlier in the episode outside of the convenience store get bullied by these kids and he's like hey wait a minute like you know being a bully is not good like he's grown up and kind of realized like that being a bully for him got him kind of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to change, but he's also not particularly interested in changing. Like, he's very compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he, like, beats the snot out of these kids. Uh, which, uh, Kristen didn't see that episode, so she saw the second episode where it gets talked about. Because one of the kids is Daniel's daughter's boyfriend. And she was like, wait a minute, Johnny assaulted children in the first one? And I was like, no, they went out of their way to show that, like, they made the first move. Yeah. Um, 
And I was like, I, I, I guess it does play kind of weird if you <laughs> don't have that context. But from that point forward, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting, like, that they were the bullies, obviously. But now this former bully is getting involved to stick up for these this kid that he was kind of mean to earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, it made him, like, more well-rounded or, like, more complex and layered. And I was like, oh, there's more to this guy than just, like you know, I want to drink beer and watch old movies and porn. Like, mm -hmm. Which is definitely how that kind of character is in everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And so it kept introducing these really stupid elements that then became infinitely more interesting seconds later. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked the way it continually did that. Yeah. Because it felt organic. It felt natural. It felt built into the world. And... I think the world building is some of the best, which is weird because it's just Van Nuys, right? right? And so uh, the place I play pinball is in Van Nuys, and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, that looks like Van Nuys. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I like that it takes place in not even the good parts of L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as he starts bouncing off of Daniel, it becomes more interesting, too, because their dynamic is kind of shifted like Daniel is kind of willing to put the past behind him he does him a solid with his damaged mm -hmm. car and fixes the car for free not knowing that his daughter is the one uh who was in the accident with yeah. him um and I think what's really cool about the show is it's very intricately plotted mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem like it it's really right. kind of effortless yeah um because true. episode five happens and a lot of stuff happens. Which one is uh, that? Episode five is the one where um, some of us didn't watch it all just yesterday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just I just watched it on Saturday. Uh, all episodes, season one. Episode one is the counterbalance one, and so mm -hmm. that's the one where they uh, the 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 girl comes in to mm -hmm. be the student at Cobra Kai, Aisha. Oh yeah. Um, and then. Daniel tries to raise the rent on Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it hits all the other small businesses nearby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it's also the one where Miguel and Skyler or Kyler mm -hmm. face off in the cafeteria, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's sure. the real turning point. Uh -huh. Also, that scene is dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's, 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 yeah, that's where the show raises this game for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so from that point forward, I was like, I'm in. Like, yeah. I'm hooked. And mm -hmm. so there's definitely this really great midpoint to the season. The season is spectacularly structured. I think it's it's super solid. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you kind of start seeing all the ways it's kind of woven all these characters in each other's lives through some very simple interactions mm -hmm. some very simple means right it's because most of the kids go to school together right right, right? and so it's a very natural way for all this to get kind of baked into itself and mm -hmm. so um because of that they start to bounce off of each other in really interesting ways and then it gets progressively more interesting with the interactions between Johnny and Daniel, because at one point they become friends, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then a miscommunication happens, and they're back to square one, mm -hmm. and then they're kind of struggling with whether or not it's actually that big of a deal, and then something like someone in Daniel's family acts like a dipshit, and like it completely breaks that relationship right. down again, um, and it just kind of snowballs in this really nice way. It's a really it's a really good season to tell, mm -hmm. um, and it's. I know it sounds like we're kind of trying to avoid spoilers, but it's not that. It's that it's intricately plotted in the way the characters are, like, interact and are intertwined with each other. But it's pretty simple, like, 
there's a karate school. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they go to a tournament. Mm-hmm. And the kids who are the protagonists fight each other, right. and one of them wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. simple story, but because it's this television show that's thirty minutes long, it's teased out in a really nice way. And then the interactions between Johnny and Daniel are really interesting. They're both excellent in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really are. Yeah, I actually have a lot more respect for both of them yeah, as actors. True. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of like because I feel like before this they were kind of in like the Scott Bayo camp mm-hmm. where it was just like they're kind of like a punchline of like 80s yeah. nostalgia yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. Um and uh no, like I was at a certain point in season one, I was like, did William Zapka get, like, nominated for Emmys for did this? He? And I Googled it, and a lot of, like, the TV critics said he should have. Uh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's great. He should have, yeah. Well, he got nominated. He made an Emmy nominator or something like that, like, short film or Oscar-nominated short wow. film or something like that. Really? Yeah. Like a, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up later. But, yeah. If, huh? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it was Oscar-nominated, but it was, like... You know, Golden Globe nominated or something like yeah, that. Weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. So, um, but like, yeah, they, they're no joke. They're pretty yeah. formidable, like as actors. And there's some times where it's like they made me feel some things that like yeah. I don't usually feel about like characters yeah. or you mm-hmm. know acting in general. So, yeah, they they both raise the. Uh, credibility of the show i think quite a mm-hmm. bit yeah which is weird because they seem like they wouldn't right, <laughs> like, right. They, yeah i feel like karate kid exists in this like 80s nostalgia bubble kind mm-hmm. of that like once again not a karate kid kid right and uh my brother was though i'm actually really interested to talk to my brother i haven't talked to him since i've watched it to see if he's seen it because mm-hmm. i feel like he would eat this up yeah because mm-hmm. he was super into he was like the perfect age for karate kid and like bruce lee movies and mm-hmm. so he got he was like all in on karate like mm-hmm. um so, which I think is why I didn't get to it, because my parents sure. were like, be interested in anything but karate. <laughs> um, we're tired of that. So, uh, I don't know. Missy, do you have anything to add about season one? Um, well, I mean, kind of like what you guys were saying, I, I fully expected uh, both Daniel and Johnny to be the weak parts of it. I was like, great. We're like dredging up their careers from the depths of How mm-hmm. I Met Your Mother cameos and, and God knows what else. But it was good. It's And I think, especially because like 80s and 90s have such like stereotypical tropes of, and I think we've been touching on a lot, kind of the, the moral ambiguity, but in the 80s and 90s, everything was so this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. And you'll hear criticisms of like Disney movies for stuff like mm-hmm. that, where it's mm-hmm. like the girl only needs like a guy to save her. And it's like, I don't know. It, I feel like the the fact that it's bringing up more, not not that what Johnny did was right, but that when you look at the hurt that he went through, when you like that phrase, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know, introducing a level of empathy that's really nice and seeing like, well, I mean, not everything from the stuff that we grew up watching was necessarily you are always evil and you're always good but there's a little bit of both like we're seeing that daniel can be kind of a douche mm-hmm. seeing that johnny had a lot of hurt and he does have some heart but he just didn't know how to like react in that way so that, that to me is, is a lot more interesting i like the idea of introducing uh more levels of empathy and, and analysis on kind of moral ambiguity in that way so i don't know i like that yeah i think it's really interesting i was talking to Kristen about this as we were watching season one that i think it's really interesting that you know they show johnny is sort of the more um like conservative less politically correct like Mm -hmm. he uses language that is super not socially acceptable uh particularly when talking to the kids um (laughs) and then like daniel is the direct opposite like they're the well-to-do liberal Mm -hmm. parents Mm -hmm. like who basically let their kids get away with murder like there's like a scene where 
their daughter has a house party and like they're just like that's fine right and it's like what she like criticizes him for getting mad at her i was like yeah the wife is like you shouldn't have done that and it's like what and he's just like yeah you're right and like goes and like is like hey it's fine and i was just like what the hell is happening but (laughs) like remove removed from that it is really interesting because it's not like it's not like he was a bad guy up until that point Mm -hmm. like he clearly like he took care of johnny we saw him take care of johnny and like tried to do right by him and then you know we see johnny kind of try to do right by y'all after he sees him getting bullied Mm -hmm. and pretty consistently i think from that point forward trying to do right by miguel by training him and things like that and so i think that the the that kind of play between what we perceive as good and bad Mm -hmm. particularly in our society and the way you know we've kind of like culturally politicized everything is really interesting. Um, it reminds me of like a, a Patton Oswalt bit about like, would you rather like the people who are trying or the people who have no interest? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, that interplay between them is really interesting. And mm-hmm. then I really like that they don't fight in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like kind of hinted at and like they, they always get like right to the edge of it and it's like, yeah! And yeah. then they pull it back and you're like, oh. Damn it. But, yeah. You understand. Yeah. It. Yeah. like, eh, alright, I get it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, because when they finally do, it's cool. I'm like, oh, oh it's yeah. super cool. It's one of the best, it's one of the highlights of season two, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, Mike, do you have anything to add on season one? Whereas, no. you know, I'm kind of bringing back the soft reboot of a, se- yeah. uh, of a series um, with the kind of using the older character as a mentor to do, and, and kind of repeat the same cycle, but in a different way. And mm-hmm. in Creed, we saw kind of the issue of, it's Creed with dealing with father issues which is mm-hmm. not something that rocky really had to deal with but then this it's like whams if uh, it wasn't really um rocky teaching somebody but it had been like apollo teaching right. somebody type thing um if anybody who hasn't followed a rocky movie you're now totally wrong. <laughs> yeah um but this is how i primarily speak is through rocky metaphors. <laughs> um but i i really enjoyed that aspect of it and the exploration of kind of echoes of the past and how it influences the future mm-hmm. and i think how it, the first season ends with johnny finally kind of fully realizing that like the philosophy that he's been taught is kind of corruptible right. or it does corrupt people yeah and, and kind of reckoning with that like that he has to change how he thinks i think is a really good way to end that season and it's a really strong note i think mm-hmm. to end it on and then you end with the tease with crease who i think is freaking awesome yeah and it's a really well done season of television yeah yeah and so before we move on to season two i think there is a character central to that kind of conflict more than miguel even which is hawk oh, yeah. um and so hawk is this kid his name's eli his real name's eli but he's got a scar from a cleft lip mm-hmm. uh, operation he gets made fun of a lot at school for it and he ends up joining cobra kai and Johnny makes fun of him to it to the point where he leaves in tears. Mm-hmm. And but before he leaves, he ta- he talks about them. The he says basically the reason he's calling him that is because other people do basically, and not of like other people do. It's okay for me, but he's basically saying like you can't hold other people accountable for their actions all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need to learn to live with it or mm-hmm. flip it on them or something. And eventually, he comes back with this like bright blue mohawk and he basically is like this is me flipping the script because now people are going to see the mohawk more than the lip and 
I didn't realize it was the same kid when he first walked in. Yeah. Ah, I had no idea. Did, yeah, yeah, he did yeah. a good job with the body language and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the and characters it, are good. Yeah, they're yeah. all across the board pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's something we didn't touch on, but um, that can be the death knell of anything. Oh, my yeah. God. Like children. And yeah. All. But they cast them fantastically. They're good. Like, some of them look actually like they could all be related to each other sure. in some, some yeah. instances, but um, you... You begin to care about mm-hmm. the kids just as much as you care about the old characters. Right. And that's mm-hmm. something that's very tough in like a pass the baton or generational mm-hmm. type story is getting people as invested in the new characters as you were about the old ones. And right. granted, we didn't have that nostalgia about Karate Kid, the old characters, right. but a lot of people did. Right. And and they also grew to like this new cast yeah. as well. So I think this is proof of they wrote those characters well and they cast mm-hmm. them well and they act well yeah. and they get and they act with each other well mm-hmm. and believably maybe less so in the second season which yeah I we'll get into that yeah, yeah but um but in, in general uh, and they do interesting things with them i mean there's obviously like the cliche high school drama but then right. there's stuff like with what they did with robbie's or not robbie uh well with robbie but johnny's little, uh son estranged mm-hmm. son where you kind of feel like, oh man, all right, here we go. He's gonna be like the the bad boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and he know. just like looks like every like bad boy from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonathan like, Taylor right. Thomas. Yeah, he looks like hair, he looks yeah. like uh, he looks like Sean from Boy Meets World. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, he, you know who he looks like? He looks like Aaron Von Deaton, the guy who played Brink. Yep. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you think that they're Major gonna go like, like a cliche route oh, and they man. start with that with him? Yeah. But then. They kind of flip it and they, like they get over like the, he's the bad boy thing pretty right. quickly actually mm-hmm. and it was kind of refreshing. It was like, oh wait, like we're gonna move into the next phase of this guy's arc. Like, sweet, thank God. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, Because like, yeah. I'm overseeing that kind of thing, yeah. you know. And yeah. it, it goes back to what you're saying, Jay. like they take some of these cliched things, but they kind of turn them on their head or like they just kind of skip past the boring bullshit part <laughs> yeah. of it yeah. and then it gets like where you need to be. Yeah. And I respect that in, in the show because. It's got 30 minutes to tell an episode. Right. And a lot happens in those 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like I'm getting my time wasted generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's like some hour long dramas just feel like a slog yeah. to get through. And this show moves quick. It does. And, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so the thing with Hawk, though, is he, as a result of him flipping the script, he becomes a bully. Like yeah. He's, he's kind of the bullied kid that becomes a bully, which is a really interesting arc mm-hmm. for him. Um, I wish it was better in season two, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's kind of like the other kind of linchpin character, I would say, from uh, season one that, like, as we launch forward into season two, it's important to have some kind of context for him. Mm-hmm. So season one ends, Michael beats Robbie in... Uh, Miguel. Yes, Miguel Miguel beats Robbie at the the uh, All Valley Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie is Johnny's estranged son that Daniel is training. Miguel is Johnny's protege, and uh, the way Miguel beats him is kind of underhanded mm-hmm. a little bit. So Hawk in the All Valley semifinals does a, a kind of a sucker kick to him and mm-hmm. dislocates a shoulder, and then. During their match, Miguel kind of relentlessly attacks that shoulder, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, causes Robbie a lot of pain. And eventually that's how he wins. He also does kind of a cheap shot, which, you know, I forgave it, but I was like, wait, why isn't he disqualified? Yeah, like, he very yeah. obviously, because, um, like, so Robbie offers Miguel his hand after he knocks him down to get a point. And Miguel grabs his injured arm and, like, yanks it down to pull yeah. himself up. And I was like, well, that's easily disqualifiable. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, and so uh, he, he basically wins, but without honor. And right. 
Johnny's really pissed about it. Like, Johnny's really upset by it. And the kids are kind of like, well, wait a minute. This is the whole philosophy you've been right. telling us. Like, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Like, that's mm-hmm. the Cobra Kai motto or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that happens at the end of season one is John Kreese comes back, Martin Cove, um, who was the Cobra Kai trainer from the first one. Um, he comes back and he'll play a bigger role in season two. Mm-hmm. But he kind of starts corrupting Johnny mm-hmm. um, back into the old bad habits mm-hmm. uh, that kind of got him to where he was both in the first Karate Kid movies and just in life in general. And you see Johnny kind of struggle with being caught between like, I picked Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai was important to me, mm-hmm. but now actual Cobra Kai has come back into my life and it kind of like see the damage it did to me as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, Cobra Kai can exist because I think, Cobra Kai is a dope name for a gym. I think cobras are badass. I think the cobra is like a very powerful symbol that can give people a lot of confidence if they're part of this dojo, but also can instill fear in people who go up against us. Mm -hmm. Um, But Cobra Kai as a philosophy maybe needs to be reworked a little bit. And so they bring Kreese in to kind of really juxtapose that Mm -hmm. in season two. Um, And at the same time, Daniel restarts Miyagi-Do. And at least in the first one, Miyagi doesn't have a second student. It's just Daniel, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't speak to the sequels because I haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if he gets more students at Mm, one point. I don't think so. Uh, I didn't Mm -hmm. think so either. Um, And so as Kreese kind of has more of a foothold in Cobra Kai, some of the students bail on Cobra Kai and head over to Miyagi-Do, also, the lessons are free at Miyagi-Do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more interplay, uh, like, ideologically between yeah. Daniel and Johnny mm-hmm. in it. And then um, Miguel is kind of corrupted by the Cobra Kai philosophy as well. He becomes more of a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's still, It's still very ambiguous, like, or morally gray. And, like, he's not always a jerk. Like, a lot of times he does do the right thing. But then a lot of times you're like, screw you, right, man. Right, like, right. Um, and then Hawk really, like, leans way more into the sure. bully status mm-hmm. and, like, starts bullying his former best friend. And, like, they have physical confrontations on several occasions. Mm-hmm. And then it ends out with, like, a school-wide brawl is, like, mm-hmm. how season two kind of wraps up. Yeah. Um, and Miguel ends up in the hospital, and it's kind of the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Kreese gets kicked out of Johnny's life after he has a heart-to-heart with a dying friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Daniel's just kind of trying to train find sort of a work-life balance between uh, Miyagi-Do and his responsibilities at the the, the car dealerships. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded bad on the thing. Uh, and yeah, so that's season two. Um, what did you guys think about season two? Um, I didn't like it as much as season one. It was still fine. It was still um, easy to plow through, which was nice. It was enjoyable, but... Yeah, it just, it started to get, I feel like, a little more tropey, a little more, like, high school, not high school musical, but, like, as a person. Yeah, that's it, that's it. It's, yeah, it was starting to lean a little more into that. I I found it more intriguing when it was looking a little bit more at um, the redemption of Johnny and and his relationship with Danny, which is still there. And, like, I like the episode, like, when they go to dinner together. Like, that was Mm -hmm. kind of fun, and they kind of bond together. Um, some of the high school stuff got a little bit, like, meh for me. Um, but, I mean, overall, it was still enjoyable. I mean, on the whole, I liked watching the whole thing. Season 1, though, I think was, was better, probably, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if Season 1 was, like, a 9 out of 10 for me, Season two's maybe, like, 
an 8 out of 10, or maybe if I'm being, like, really mean, 7 out of 10. Sure. But, like, I mean, it's, it's a step down, but to me, I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it, be- it becomes a little more cartoony, which is why I think I was telling mm-hmm. MJ in a text. Um, I think it, it's a little comical to, like, act like the fate of, like, the school or the valley depends on people's karate dojos. <laughs> yeah. but, like, but the show also kind of leans in on that, and right. there's this little silly, I mean, like, uh, Daniel's wife goes and says, like, oh, they got wine dojos or whatever right. at, at that restaurant, like, confrontation slash reconciliation almost. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's some recognition of it, but uh, I think what maybe messes up the balance a little bit, and Nissa, you hinted at it, is it was the first season was more about Johnny a lot, and mm-hmm. then the second season becomes, I think, more split evenly between Johnny and Daniel. Yeah. And I mean, I like Daniel's character. Um, I, th- I think find his struggle. I find his struggles interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, Johnny's like the redemption arc aspect of it um, was a key part of, and, and the humor that's associated with him. Yeah, I think is a big part of reason why season one works really well. Yeah, and the more that like it kind of gets diluted by so many more characters being mm-hmm. added because there's a lot. Um, it it kind of takes the focus away from him. It kind of just becomes like a giant ensemble show right and i think that that hurt it a little bit especially because um and i was just praising previously how the show moves quickly through things but some of the high school kid drama romance stuff moves very quickly like these people like these people but then they're kissing these people and now they're like they're yeah. angry at these people and like doesn't have enough time to breathe but the way i felt like the first season did yeah. like like Sam- samantha who's uh daniel's daughter who mm-hmm. also gets involved with the dojo stuff and was miguel's uh, love interest in the first season like she's like like is kind of has feelings for him still but then doesn't but then kind of does and mm-hmm. like a co- that's kind of the cause of the, the, the big school brawl and that part is a little too expedited I think there's more time to need to be dwelled on these characters reckoning with their relationships with each other sure. and the movie and not the movie the show is just moving a little too quick because it's split across so many characters at that point that it can't do that justice mm-hmm. so um well, it just sounded like I was really negative on it. I still really enjoyed it. The, the school fight's pretty sweet. Yeah, the school fight's sick. Even there. though it's super illogical. It's and, so goofy. And it's yeah. so, like, it's really goofy when you think about it. Um, I mean, like, if I was 10, I'd probably think it's, like, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, like, you know, and then you're like, where are all the parents and the teachers? Teachers. The teachers yeah. are like, I don't and, get and paid enough security. for this. Yeah. Like, they kind what? of lampshade it a little bit, but it's not enough to really, you know, justify yeah. it. But, but it's cool. Um, so I'm okay with it. They shot the crap out of it. Yeah, that's great. and that's something we haven't talked about is that pretty much all the fights are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they're really and, good. Well, and I think that the second season um, has like good montage scenes mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it yeah, does. for sure. Um, it's like the one with like they're inside the uh, the, the concrete, the concrete mixer, mixer mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Um, and it, you know, it, I think there's some things that are good about that. And mm-hmm. then I do think they were trying to do more with the themes in the second one, which maybe if they don't quite hit it just right mm-hmm. there's they're trying to like say something kind of like about america almost yeah, in a way, yeah which yeah. is like i don't want to say like it's not just like toxic max masculinity but i mean mm-hmm. there's a little bit of toxicity aspect to what cobra kai is teaching but it's like this idea of like do we just f- fucking destroy our enemies people right. that we don't like or we try to like bring them over and win them over and mm-hmm. And can can even that philosophy succeed because the guys who are teaching that also have their own issues yeah and, and it is it's, 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 it's just like people are complicated right right yeah. and, and like I appreciate the attempt at trying to do that which is mm-hmm. that like you know we have like there's divisions and like can we try to find a way to reconcile and then the season ends on a note where it kind of feels like maybe we can't you know and yeah. it's a it's an interesting take 
for a bunch of wine dojos. I there's a line that Samantha has in early in season two where they talk about like uh, karate cults, and I was like, yeah, like yeah. It, a lot of this stuff feels very culty, and like mm-hmm. most of that is the students applying the lessons wrong because they're children, right? Um, but yeah, I think season two. I think the runtime of the episodes crumbles under the weight of the scope they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I also don't want them to go to 40 or 50 minute episodes. Right. right. Um, so it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so it just feels way bigger than it should be necessarily. Um, and as a result, I think some of the stuff that you can kind of gloss over when it's more just about Johnny and Daniel's, like, struggles and like you know the kids are there too but it's not like everyone it almost feels like they're trying to give everyone equal screen time which is doesn't work yeah Yeah, it does not work like pick a lane man like Mm -hmm. it was it was all it was still grounded in johnny's perspective johnny Mm -hmm. and miguel Mm -hmm. right um the balance is better in the first one miguel really recedes in the background in the second season which i think hurts it yeah Yeah. he like he like disappears for a couple episodes and then hawk does too after he does something really kind of important so like hawk goes and trashes miyagi do and then he's just gone on for like two episodes yeah. and i was like what like, yeah what are you doing and so um i was like that's just a really weird way to like structure the show and so some of the stuff that you gloss over becomes kind of death by a million paper cuts in the mm-hmm. second season and like the further i get from it the less i like it i think the performances are still just as strong as they ever were mm-hmm. i think the plotting is just as intricate but it's not it's too unfocused mm. to really like be as effective as it was in the first season. And I think um, the big thing is there's a lot of scenes that feel really sloppy mm-hmm. because it's like, someone just say something, man. Like, yeah. so, uh, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. someone just talk. Like, just say After Miyagi-Do gets trashed by Hawk... Daniel drives over to Cobra Kai in a car that's been vandalized with graffiti that says Cobra Kai never dies, busts into the dojo, and starts screaming at Johnny, and Johnny's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. What do you mean vandalism in your dojo? And Daniel's like, well, you know what you, you know what happened. Yeah. And Johnny's like, I don't. Mm-hmm. But at no point does Daniel be like, hey, come outside, I have proof. Yeah. Like, he's literally drove up in evidence, and then at no point decides to acknowledge this with... Yeah. Uh, with Johnny and it's like oh this one's on you man like yeah. this is completely your fault well and then they do it again when his daughter gets drunk and and his, yeah yeah and Robbie takes him or takes her to uh Johnny's place and then it's like nope not gonna listen just gonna like act 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 and it's like we just saw this two episodes ago like you yeah. learn nothing Daniel's more of a psycho in the second season yeah, like, he, he doesn't he hasn't done anything to yeah. you man like what happened? Yeah. Um, so I, it feels like they they kind of took a shortcut to try to get the Johnny was the hero mm-hmm. aspect, Adam. But it like it wasn't. I don't know. It was more effective in the first season. I feel like that yeah. came across fine in the first season. But it feels like they maybe felt like they confused the audience and didn't lean into it enough or something. I don't know. It is a really bizarre way to structure it because it was like Daniel's like kind of goofy and like he's a little. Um, he can be a little bumbling, but he's, like, right. mostly good-natured. Mm-hmm. Um, and then has moments where he's a little vengeful, like, when he tries to raise the rent on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? <laughs> right. Why? Right. Um, but then in season two, he, like, almost makes it his mission to yeah. go and destroy Johnny. And it's like, why? Like, calm down, man. And so it's it becomes way more, like, the, especially from Daniel's in this, like, warring midlife crises. 
And I didn't like that as much because it felt not... It didn't feel cynical necessarily, but it just felt like... I felt more hacky than his character in the first season. Yeah. And so I didn't like that as much. And then the same thing happens with the kids. It's more forgivable that the kids aren't communicating because they're children. Right. But there's just like way more like conventional stuff that happens with them that doesn't, that just happens purely as a convention instead of we're going to introduce this and then kind of take it in an interesting direction. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I said it feels more like, it felt like a CW show. Yeah. Especially by the midway point to the end. Mm -hmm. I I would say uh, the second half of the season, kind of like when the moment that Kreese gets dismissed, um, there's like two or three episodes there leading up to the finale Mm -hmm. that are like, this this part of it like was definitely a dip in terms of the quality. Like they they wanted to get everybody in the position that they needed to for the finale to happen. And Mm -hmm. the finale is, almost worth like that contrivance but it, it doesn't quite it has to make a lot of sacrifices to the character work that i've been pretty good at before then so yeah, yeah. i agree that there is a dip there yeah especially. and it just feels like the it feel my big thing with especially the way that adults interact with the children in the second season really hinges on hawk because like it feels like they're trying to make hawk more of a focal point than he was in season one mm-hmm. but then he like disappears for a couple episodes mm-hmm. and you're like okay well which is it like right. make a decision with this character because it's like there's an interesting way to take him and you're taking him in an interesting way and then he does something interesting mm-hmm. and then you just sideline him and it's like, right. what? Like, right. you know, shouldn't Johnny, like, I, I also, you know, once again, this is something I had glossed over maybe in season one but now is becoming more apparent in season two to me which is that, like, Johnny needs to step in and be more, like, it's super obvious the path this kid is on. Right, right? yeah. Like, he went and got a fucking tattoo, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's being and, more assertive. And he's mm-hmm. being more assertive, and, like, yeah. you can tell he's, like, way, like, he's the guy who did the cheap shot right. to dislocate right. Robbie's arm, and, like, Johnny's just not mentoring him the way he is Miguel. Like, he just yeah. does not give a damn about Hawk. And it's like, yeah. well, what? Like, yeah. it's very obvious. Like, figure that out, man. Mm. Um, And so... It almost felt like they had to do that so that he could become more of a protege of Kreese because now Kreese is running like a secret underground right. Cobra Kai dojo mm. at the end of season two, which is a little goofy. Um, but it just is like, why? Like, I don't understand really the motivation from it other than like we wanted this to be his direction when there's like a clear out for that to happen Mm -hmm. that I don't think they did enough to cover up. Like you can just see the seams on it a lot more than you can the first season. And so it's like, it's way more frustrating for me because it's like, I think the performances are still there. I think Mm -hmm. thematically it's still really interesting, but it feels like the plotting that was so good in the first one is just missing. And I don't know if it was a budgetary constraint because it was made as YouTube premium was on its way out or, and they just didn't have the time to like, go through a couple more drafts and like decide what directions they wanted to go Mm -hmm. or what but it feels like they were almost like they were on a time crunch and they were like this is what we have let's go for it yeah because like even when miguel finds out that hawk is the one who vandalized miyagi do Mm -hmm. it still feels like not as big of a deal as it should be Mm -hmm. to me because they're making a huge deal out of it over multiple episodes and then they do this thing where it's like they separate them into teams of like black uh, headbands and red headbands Mm -hmm. and it comes down to Miguel and Hawk and uh, they fight in the woods and Miguel takes the headband and he takes the Medal of Honor 
And it's kind of left at that. And like the it, random old guy who's in the show. Yeah. Oh, that was that, that, that was my that was my favorite joke. <laughs> that was, was my favorite joke. This is really good. Yeah. Was funny. I like that guy too. We, he's also been very yeah. nice to me about my fitness journey on Instagram. So, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, which is cool because he oh, he was nominated for an Oscar or he tried to get nominated for that's an Oscar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He was in, uh, Richard Jewell. Yeah, Richard oh. Jewell. Yep. He was also in Defied Bloods and Black Klansman. Nice. Yeah, he's, yep. yeah, he's good. I like him. Yeah, yeah Paul Walter Hauser. Cool. I didn't know he was uh, commenting. That's cool. That's yeah, he. Uh, I he started a weight loss thing and I like DM'd him like, hey, I like really appreciate it and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, yeah. I lost forty pounds and he was like, hey, good job, man. Like that's Aww. a lot. And I was like, that's it. That's great. Um, yeah, he's a Christian. Nice. Oh, nice. Very yeah. Cool. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Paul Hauser is this like weird comic relief character. Yeah. He's pretty funny. Uh, I like him. I like him too. Yeah. Uh, but like, that was a great joke of him like just like popping up. He's like, what does the stingray do? It lies in wait. And he's like, yeah. Red Team wins. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, got the black headband in his mouth, and Crease is just kind of like, <laughs> he's just kind of holding it but with the tips of his fingers. I thought that was a good little touch, but it never recovers from that joke. Right? Yeah. Like, right. yeah. That moment definitely is not the moment for, but like, at no point does Miguel pull Johnny aside and be like a it was hawk that like right. did that to right, right. so like come on man yeah there's definitely more uh contrivances mm-hmm. and brought on by the fact that the characters don't communicate properly with each other which i think there's like some understandable element of that Absolutely. you know that mm-hmm. you need to have any drama but then it it leans too much on that yeah. being the source of all conflict it happens way too much in this versus versus the conflict should be driven more by the ideology, ideological differences, yes. less than conversational differences. But I think that's where you get, run into a problem because Daniel doesn't know where Miyagi Do is coming from ideologically most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like he sometimes he's ask, right on. Though, but that's, I mean, what we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. He doesn't talk. He doesn't care to ask. Yeah, exactly. And so it just is like, okay, well, you want this to be about their warring ideologies, but right. Miyagi-Do doesn't have one yeah. like, at all. And we see Johnny like grappling with evol- his, uh, his ideology having to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, it was a way more frustrating watch. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I had to watch it all in five hours. I think no, that was probably part of it. Well, but, I mean, it could have been. But, but, I, but I do think there's... Underline yeah. truth to it as well. Yeah. Say, with the like the contrivances thing, and you kind of touched on it earlier with like Daniel randomly seeming like way more of a dick in season yeah. two for no reason. It's like they kind of fell into the thing that was so nice about season one, um, going back to like that kind of moral ambiguity of like we want everything to be your good and your bad. Like we're truly living in an age of like just everything is a dichotomy. You're either mm-hmm. with me or you're against me. And to see Johnny being somebody where it's like, I can understand why he did what he did. Daniel's still not a bad guy. We see that he's got some flaws, but like they're both, you can see both sides. And then season two, it was like, now nah, we got to go back to this thing where it's like, there's a good guy and a bad guy. And Daniel's kind of leaning more into a bad guy because we want Johnny to be this good guy. And like, as far as Hawk, like we need a, a, another Johnny character because we have Robbie being what Johnny could have been if he had had a Miyagi and he's, you know, studying with Daniel and like Hawk is like our, our surrogate Johnny, I guess. Yeah. So we just need another dick. So... But also creases that, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just... It feels a little redundant, and it mm-hmm. feels a little unfo- unfocused and, like, meandering. Yeah. A lot of episodes feel like, all right, like, are we just killing time? Like, especially between crease getting dismissed and then and there's the like finale. a yeah. yeah there's like a three episode arc God. that crease isn't in and it's like why did we do... I don't yeah. understand why they dismissed him so early yeah. in the season and, like... 
the thing is, like, I don't think what happened at the creek was all that bad compared to the stuff he was doing while Johnny was gone that Johnny doesn't even know about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what? Like, yeah. And then it was also like, well, why isn't any of the, why aren't any of the other students? Because we see Miguel push back at Crease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he like go and try to warn him? Like, hey, I don't. I saw some stuff. Like. You know, maybe that's just how I am as, like, uh, you know, because I've been a a student leader in, like, when I was a teenager and stuff, Mm -hmm. and, like, in other positions where I'm not necessarily in leadership, um, but I'm sort of, like, I'm in, like, assistant leadership, right? Mm -hmm. And so I very much, like, if it's an organization I care about, I'm very much, like, going to my leaders and, like, checking in with them, and, like, I definitely have had to pull, like, not often and not over anything really extreme, but I definitely have had to go to senior leadership of whatever organization I'm involved in that's like that and be like, hey, this happened and it's a Mm -hmm. little concerning. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I was about Miguel's age when I started learning how to do that. And, like, I don't think that's a big ask for him because of the leadership role he's taken on. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, they show him at random times being a really good leader and being really smart. And Mm -hmm. then, so when you see like, well, why didn't, why didn't you just say something, man? Like, it's just like randomly dumb. And it's like, again, I guess it's excusable because they're teenagers. But then you, when you see the same thing happening with Daniel in particular, where it's like, dude, like you're an adult, like you're an adult with kids and we're seeing you making the same mistake you just made two episodes ago, where if you had literally just paused and asked or said something Mm -hmm. like, all of this could have been resolved. So yeah. it's I think, I think I think the show starts running into the problem, which is the reason why I'm not super thrilled about there being a season four. I see room for season three, but mm-hmm. but the season four highlights an issue which I think becomes more apparent as the second season goes on, which is that it's like there's a finite like point where it's like yeah. okay, I, I think this needs to end kind of, you know, yeah. like they do need to like join up and fight Crease or like sure. and reconcile or something like that. And the longer it takes to get that, the more contrived it will have to be necessarily to drag itself out because i think what really is what's frustrating umj is the like i'm sensing this story he needs to like wrap up type Mm -hmm. feeling you know like 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 i think the characters are are, like now kind of going through the same cycle over and over again and like it needs to like enter to a new phase Mm -hmm. of their relationship in some way uh sort of it doesn't feel repetitive to me necessarily because Daniel doesn't have Miyagi-Do up and running by the end of mm-hmm. season one, so mm-hmm. I'm fine with, like, there being a season of Miyagi-Do, like, right. running its footing sure. and things like that. But where I was saying it feels more redundant is it feels like there are characters going through the same arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Simultaneously. Yeah, so right. it's, like, it's not that I feel like it's coming to a head where it can end necessarily. I do think, yeah, like, in a season three it would, mm-hmm. but it's more like, okay, well, this ar- this character's arc is the same as this one, mm-hmm. so, like, pick one of them. Right. Or, like, why do we have two characters going through the same thing at the yeah. same time? Rather mm-hmm. yeah. than... Because, like, I think Daniel still has a lot of learning left to do. Right. Um, especially now with, like, where he's at mm-hmm. um, by the end of season two. And so I think we need that. But I think Johnny, like, outside of, uh, you know, the complication of Miguel ending up in the hospital as a result of this brawl, right. like... I think he is pretty much done reconciling the Cobra Kai philosophy, you know? And I think it's interesting that he has reconciled it, but it was too little too late Mm -hmm. to prevent something really bad from happening. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, So I want to see where that does go. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I was like, oh, season two should have been the end. Sure. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're thinking that it should end, but it's like, there's like maybe like one more phase to like one more yeah. act to this. Yeah, was a bit too. And um, th- yeah, like, and, and you're kind of like that middle section of season two, that lull that we're talking about. It's kind of like, 
where you feel like maybe that act should be kicking in mm-hmm. sooner. Like, maybe it didn't need to be ten episodes this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should have been, like, seven, and we could have gotten to, like, that third act part beginning, you know, sooner or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, and it feels overly convoluted where it's, like, Kreese is dismissed, but he's running, like, a secret Cobra Kai. Yeah. And it's, like... I mean, I'm I'm okay with it because I liked Kreese. I thought Martin Cove was great. He was yeah, great. He was, he was great. really good. Like, and uh, I think that he's like an underrated aspect. Well, I'm underrated. People seem to like him quite a bit, mm-hmm. but um, we haven't touched on it. So I just think that he adds a lot of like flavor to the second season. And while I can agree that the second season is worse than the first one, I think the second season has more of my favorite scenes probably mm-hmm. from, of both of them. It's like. The scene where he's at the homeless shelter or whatever, really you know, good. It was really yeah. good with Johnny. Yeah. And um, there's just, I think there's a lot of like little character work scenes that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's too much uh, dilution going on with too many characters. But uh, the stuff with the restaurant with Johnny and Daniel's good, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The scene where Johnny and Miguel are in the um, burger place or whatever, and they're talking oh, about the yeah. first day that yeah. um, Robbie, you know, was, Robbie born. was born. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff is, I think, really strong. I, you know, I wish it was a little tighter. Sure. Yeah, I, I think the scope spewing out and spilling out of its confines is what hurts the season the most. Right. But then I look at particular elements of it and. I think it's still pretty good, and that's the yeah. thing that I walk away with. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. It's not god awful or anything, but mm-hmm. it was just like it felt like a bigger step down in quality from season one. Maybe right. once again because I saw because you binged it. Yeah, yeah, so I saw everything. So I saw half of season one. Right. I watched a season and a half in one day. So right. I saw the really solid half of season one, mm-hmm. and then followed it with all of season two. Yeah. And so watching all of season two in one sitting you see every single moment yeah. that is repetitive right. back to back to back to back to back for 10 episodes. And it's right. like, oh yeah, this isn't as good. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's really thematically meaty, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the characters are great. Yeah, like, all, really all of them are super good. You, again, the kids, like I truly don't like kid actors. Like they're mm-hmm. so precocious. I just, I hate the majority of them, but they were like, I liked them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really got into like their struggles and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. You maybe got the a little daughter wasn't my end. favorite, but she's Who? whatever. The daughter, Sam, uh, she wasn't my favorite, but she was yeah. fine. Yeah, she, she was, was fine. She wasn't bad. Which yeah, is more than I can say for a lot of children actors. So. I like Evil Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tori. Yeah, Tori. I th- I think that she's kind of a victim though of the scope getting too big. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I like the concept of her more than maybe the execution. Yeah. For um, sure. But she seemed like a caricature. She wasn't really fleshed out. Yeah, actually. right. I would have liked Ooh, more of her, like, yeah. explain how she ticks. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, a scene with her and Miguel that's kind of nice. And she's yeah. talking about kind of, like... In the park? Yeah, mm-hmm. in the park. And then maybe, I think, in the dojo. Well, and, the, yeah, the park and the dojo, I think, mm-hmm. then they're talking about, like, what t- makes her tick a little bit, yeah. but, but not enough to really flesh out her character enough. Yeah. It's enough for, like, there to be a showdown between her and Sam. Oh, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, for us to have had, like, every other character, I feel like we see their shitty parts, but then we get some sympathetic aspect. Even Hawk, who, like, ends up becoming yeah. a dick, like, we see a lot of sympathetic parts with him yeah. in the There's, beginning. like, a flashback, actually, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really easy to see how Hawk became Hawk. Right. Sure. It's, it's not that many steps. Right. Yeah. But then but Tori... we didn't get that much of it with Tori, so it's like, I didn't, I wasn't really sympathetic towards it. I'm like, you're just kind of a bitch, and I don't think that you're that way, but you just, like, you seem mean. You're, like, yeah. stealing yeah. shit. Yeah. You're, like, being, you know, just a bitch to people, so it's, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. A little shortchanged. Um, yeah, she was shortchanged. I like her, though. Like, yeah, yeah, she was good. She's, she's a good, good actress, actor. Too, yeah. Um, yeah. And I like the way they interact with each other. I like the bullying, which I know sounds weird, but it's like, it feels <laughs> very... Oh, yeah. those kids bully each other. <laughs> no, it feels very natural. Like, it doesn't... Like, it feels, yeah. like, a little bit heightened, oh, just because sure. everything yeah. is heightened, but it doesn't feel like um, every, like, high school bully thing. Right, right. Um, Sitcom bullying, like, I'm going to shove you in the locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, even, like, the cyberbullying aspect doesn't, like, it's there, and it's mm-hmm. a lot, but it doesn't seem like extreme extreme like mm-hmm. the way like it doesn't feel like awful yeah i feel it, like that's probably pretty in tune with how things are right now yeah, yeah yeah i think so too but it doesn't feel like an after school special no mm-hmm. no um you know and i like that they talk the way kids talk it feels like mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like they're saying like super adult things <laughs> how did you do fellow kids yeah, yeah it doesn't feel like that but it also feels like the adults talk like adults too like yeah johnny yeah. like i you i think especially being a baker shield we all know someone who's oh, exactly like johnny yeah. like um, that, the, the montage of him on the dating app is yeah. some of the best comedy in season so two. Good. It's yeah. so good. Um, and then like him meeting the chick at the bar and mm-hmm. like, I liked that whole arc that he had with Miguel's mom. So yeah. we didn't even talk about yeah. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, see, that's that what I'm nice. saying is that the second season has a lot of good shit in right. it. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's shortchanged by it's a lot of other stuff, out. but, but. Like I liked all that stuff. I even like his stupid little dream sequence with White. That was, was so good. Yeah. It, so, it was so goofy and dumb, but yeah. like, I kind of it was like, but that's how he would think. That's like, exactly yeah. that, that's yeah. what his dreams were. It was perfect. Like, yeah. It was well, the, perfect. like the scene where he first gets Wi-Fi at the dojo and it's like hot babes, and he's on like Infowars looking at the dinosaurs building the pyramids, and it's like that's exactly yes. who Johnny is. Yeah. Like that's a hundred percent that guy. Mm-hmm. Like because it's like hot babes, wet T-shirt contest, and then immediate conspiracy. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I think all that stuff is good. I think Johnny's arc is still really good, yeah. and like, I think that like the arc he has with the dying friend is really good, mm-hmm. but also contrived a little bit. So it's like yeah. it exists in this weird spot where it's like they just had to have a reason for him to get away from the right. the, right. the thing. But what he like what he talks about that kind of like helps him rejigger what Cobra Kai was about, like right. with like. Him coming back and being like, hey guys, Crease is back. And then being like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. And like how it kind of, having that outside perspective really help him solidify um, how like, oh, okay, maybe he isn't, you know, the guy I think he is, even though I'm sympathetic to the fact that he's homeless. Right. Like, and I think it has, it does have something really good to say about like sympathy and empathy mm-hmm. and also like advocating for yourself. Like, yeah. it, it like, it exists in this weird, you know, soup, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, if something, like, you know, I think everyone has people in their lives that they've had to cut out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you can reconcile with them. And then sometimes you can't, but it feels like you might be able to, but it turns mm-hmm. out you really can't. Right. Um, and so that's really good. Mm-hmm. But I think it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Like, this is just yeah. something I'm realizing about the show as I'm talking it out to you guys right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it... it I'm it, even earlier in this episode, you can find me talking about how it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm talking about it, it doesn't, but I've had to talk through it for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's there, but it's also not as accessible, I think, as all the themes in season right. one. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch. You should yeah, watch it. It's on sure. Netflix. Um, it's, it's quick and easy, which yeah, is nice. super easy to yeah, watch. Yeah, painless. Very um, followable. Doesn't, doesn't take a lot of, like, 
investments to get mm-hmm. into. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, there's some shows. Um, I'm watching Dark right now, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've heard about. It's like this German Netflix show. It's about mm-hmm. like, time travel. And it's like Stranger Things, but if like they took it seriously for all seasons, all three seasons, <laughs> instead of like, lost the plot halfway through. Um, but anyway, um, but it's like very heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a, it's like a lot of time travel stuff. And there's like people who are older versions of themselves and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's good, but like, it's an investment. Like yeah. when I watch, it's like okay, I gotta like focus on this. Like yeah. I can't. We started Mr. Robot, and it's yeah. the same. It's, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. it's good, but it's it's heady. Well, yeah. And like Cobra Kai is like I can look at my phone for like a second. Yeah. And be like okay, you know, I'm doing it. But like it's, it's yeah. still good. And yeah. It's fun. And yeah. It doesn't like t- require so much out of you, which that's not like an underrated aspect of sometimes a media or a yeah. piece of yeah. fiction is. It's like meaty and breezy all at the same time, yeah. which is weird. Right. Like it's yeah. it's a hard balance to find. Like it's really I don't know what the creative team behind this have worked on in the past, mm-hmm. but they're really solid. Like they mm-hmm. they they yeah. have chops. Like it's not they it, this this show does not feel like a fluke. No. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like you said, it does do a good job of like catching you up. Like right. the flashbacks are never intrusive, sure. um, but they do a really good job of contextualizing everything mm-hmm. yeah. because as someone who has never seen the sequels, right. I had no idea Daniel ever joined Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that right. happened. And uh, so when that happened, I was like, uh, that doesn't sound familiar. And then they showed the flashbacks from the sequel mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, because I didn't see that movie. Right, right. <laughs> but now I have this context that makes me understand where he's kind of coming from when he's talking to the kids about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I liked uh we'll just kind of wrap up stuff. I liked what they did with Dimitri in theory in season two, because he felt like a character that kind of had nowhere to go. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and then him like joining Cobra Kai and but like still being reluctant, but having a space where he can be reluctant. Cause it was mm-hmm. like I don't know, it, it it felt a little redundant if he went back to Cobra Kai sure. and like got bullied again. It's like, well, we've seen him do that. We know that's his kind of like experience there we know he's being reluctant but he still wants to have a relationship with uh eli Mm -hmm. and so it was really i you can see it coming from a mile away but you're like okay at least he has something to do now Mm -hmm. because it really felt like he was there in the first season and before like all the cobra kai stuff happened he was a really good addition to miguel's life as like a friend um but then once he started getting into cobra kai it was like oh he doesn't have anything to do since he doesn't Mm -hmm. like being there like Mm -hmm. he's just kind of there right and like he's not necessarily being comic relief right but he is but Mm -hmm. he doesn't have anything to do within the 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 mechanism of the dojo itself so he's just kind of like this weird like satellite character Mm -hmm. so to bring him into the fold in season two i think was really smart yeah Yeah. i I wish they would have done a little bit more with him he just still kind of feels static a little bit yeah he's got one moment in the freezer in season two Mm -hmm. um that's nice but it, it I don't know. It didn't feel tacked on necessarily, but it was like, I'd like a couple more moments like this. Right. Right. I think there's still more room to grow with him. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's maybe one way where I think, you know, season three can lean in on fleshing out some of the other tertiary characters. Mm -hmm. They've kind of mined some of the ones immediately next to them. So my hope is they can do more with him. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Um, Yeah. Also, I think I told you, mm. uh, I went to school with a kid named Dimitri who was exactly like that. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. And then he got expelled because he threatened to blow up the school. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, season three. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Fight amidst an, of exploding school. Yeah. Um, God. He got transferred to another school. Oh, one thing I wanted to And then he got expelled for trying to blow up that school. Oh, oh. I feel like I knew a Dimitri, but because that's like an admiral. Uh, this is junior high. 
know. He got expelled from our junior high, got transferred to another junior high, did the same thing at that junior high, and then got expelled from there. So Yikes. I don't know what happened. Dang. Yep. I guess he needs some Yagido in his life. Yep. We talked about Harry Potter kind of a lot. <laughs> well, that was my experience. Well, because that's where the devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, one thing I wanted to point out was... Um, the show's got a pretty good, diverse cast. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, it, I think it's a credit to the show that's, like, it wasn't something I even thought about until mm-hmm. after I was done watching. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, like, you know, it's, like, good representation for everybody. But, yeah. like, it didn't feel like it was anyone who's, like, a token or anything. Right, like, yeah, you know, right. Like, person. And, and um, I think that was, like, kind of refreshing. It was just, uh, some, like, a little bit of something for everybody in it. Yeah. Well, and especially because, like, you know, local local jokes get your local work or local references. But uh, we went to a – Mike and I went to a school called BHS, ba- mm-hmm. Bakersfield High School. And it's a huge school. Yep. There's a ton of kids there. Mm-hmm. And so it very much looked like the high school experience yeah. I yeah. had. Like, mm-hmm. it ve- I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the- all these kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it felt yeah. authentic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I liked, I mean, not just, like, racial diversity, but also, like, so as, as somebody who does acting quite a bit, like, size is a big thing, especially for actresses. Mm-hmm. So, like, my, my issue growing up was, and I would have acting teachers who would say it, it's like, you're not thin enough to be a leading lady, but you're not fat enough to be, like, fat Amy, the fat friend. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you're just somewhere in this nebulous, sometimes you'll get good character parts. And so, like, when uh, her friend... Uh, Sam's friend. Yeah. yeah. I was like, she, you know, it was a, like, I saw normal-sized individuals. If I was a young actress watching it, I'd be like, hell yeah, look, mm-hmm. there's, like... People and that's not just her crux of her character wasn't just that she's bigger even though those jokes right. were made but it's not like you are fat character and that's who you are right. it's like, and then, it was nice. like jokey fat character yeah that you always like she had autonomy and I was right. like this is nice to see like different looking people and I'm sure there's a lot of kids who can watch and be like hey that could be me mm-hmm. they all look normal all yeah, of them look sure. normal like they're, they're not little models yeah, yeah yeah exactly like. Sam's teeth are kind of goofy, like you know, like. Um, yeah. But it, I was like, oh, that's a teenager. She's like twenty four <laughs> in real life. I, yeah, true, true story. She's like yeah. the oldest of like all the yeah. Uh, the the yeah. rest of them are still like nineteen or something. Okay. But yeah, I looked her up and I was like, oh, she she's born in nineteen ninety six. Like, yeah, and she still looks like a she's a she total baby face. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but like even Robbie, who's like quote unquote the the hot kid, like mm-hmm. his teeth are kind of goofy. Yeah. Michael had braces the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just because the kid had braces. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, I I think it was really it was really refreshing to be like, oh, these are people I could see. Like right. it, it really felt like I mean, like I said, I I've spent a lot of time in Van Nuys because that's the, the closest place where I can play in pinball tournaments. Mm-hmm it's kind of a shitty town like there's nothing really interesting that happens in van nuys um and it looks like the people in van nuys Mm -hmm. you know like everyone even like william zabka and uh ralph macchio like just they they look kind of like dads like Mm -hmm. they stayed in better shape than a lot of actors yeah yeah i mean like you know after 30 years uh people sometimes go go to shit you know yeah um, gravity happens but um i mean Ralph Macchio looks like he could be like twenty years younger than he actually is. He is very well. Yeah, dude's like fifty six. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty impressive. But Zapka's no slouch either. They're like, but they look like acceptably like aged too at the same time, like Hollywood aged, but not like too glamorous either. They hit that right sweet spot, and they couldn't have planned for it either. I mean, they didn't know this. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did make a joke that. I thought it was funny that Zapka stayed in fighting shape on the off chance that this stuff ever did yeah. come back. Because, like, they go out of your way to show you that it's him doing the moves in mm-hmm. the first episode. Right. 
um, which they don't do for uh, Martin Cove in Greece oh, when they yeah. fight in the dojo. Like, oh, yeah. It is oh, yeah. super obvious yeah. that's a stunt. They cut away yeah. a bit. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I think Cove actually has like the most martial arts training. Out of- I oh, think so, yeah. too, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I think he did some of his own stuff, but they're using a lot more cuts, I think, to yeah. cover up the slowness of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in general, like, the, they all, like, are pretty convincing in their roles yeah. and yeah. the casting and all that. And I think it's pretty cool in a way that even something like Karate Kid, which, you know, none of us have nostalgia for, mm-hmm. um, can come back in this way and be pretty well done. And, like, it goes and shows to me that, like, you can take other crappy franchises <laughs> and, like, actually do something great with them. They don't have to be bad. Like, they don't have, like, things don't yeah. have to be bad, guys. Yeah. Like, whoa, like, this is refreshing. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I like what you said, like, it was, like, meaty and breezy, because I, I had just had a conversation with Jordan recently where somebody was, like, shitting on, like, Marvel movies, and like, why would anybody like this? I'm like, because they're, they're fun to watch, and, like, yeah. not everything has to be a Charlie Kaufman high art film. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's very easy, very enjoyable to watch, but there are really, just really good themes, like really strong themes and strong characters, so it's nice to have that mix, where it doesn't just have to be I'm watching like a, you know, Judd Apatow film, well, I actually kind of like Judd Apatow films, but you know, it's <laughs> did like... Did you see I'm not, Game of Staten Island? I no. did. I really liked it. I did too. That's my favorite movie too. of the year so far. <laughs> Wow. It's been good. It was well. It was sorry. It's good for this year. I have to. I have to look through my my list of things I watched. But it was very good. Um. But yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to see things don't have to be either or. It doesn't just have to be super high art or super just popcorn fluff. Mm-hmm. Um. You can have that nice mix of both. So and I thought this did a really well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had another point, and I don't remember what it was. Things don't have to be bad. Oh. Uh. Did you guys get like kind of into karate? Yeah, a little bit. I was yeah. like, wait, like, after watching it or yeah. at any point in my life? No, like no. after watching it, uh, I. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Were you like chopping at things? No, in the no, house? no. I wasn't. I wasn't like the kids in Jaws karate chopping the fences. I was uh, <laughs> synergy is what we call that, kids. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I was like, should I take some classes? <laughs> nice. Okay. I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while because yeah. like the movies that we make, it, it mm. would be nice oh, nice. to have some skill in that, and yeah. so. Before the pandemic hit, I was going to. Yeah. And after watching this, I was like, uh, Yeah. I mean, like, you, this, this, this shit isn't gonna end soon. Maybe right. I should get started. You know, yeah. like, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna do maybe not karate, but some kind of. I wanted to take yeah. Krav Maga for a while, but no, like, yeah. so, yeah. like, and one of the reasons I didn't love Karate Kids when I was like five, this is like my quick karate story, is my mom was like, let's put my my kids in every sport because I have three daughters, yeah. and so she's like kickboxing, and so. I was five, I was very little, my sister was eight, she was much taller, and, like, I was the smallest person person in our dojo, and so my sensei would, like, it wasn't his fault, but he would pair me up with, like, much bigger kids, so I'd be, like, holding this mat and getting my ass just, like, kicked and, like, yeeted across the room, (laughs) and I was like, Mom, I hate it, he's so mean, so that, like, kind of scarred me for a little bit with karate, but now that I'm an adult, and I, you know, Mm -hmm. I think my sensei was just a dick, but it's fine. (laughs) He's a crease. You know, he yeah. was. He was. I uh, <clears throat> I, well, I had looked into joining a boxing gym, but then the right. price they were asking for was ridiculous. Oh, so oh, I was really? like, yeah, it was a thousand dollars for a year. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, because they were like, they were like, uh, free. It, you get a free six week training, and I was like, all right, how free is this? And they were like, you can give us. You have to give us five hundred dollars up front, but at the end of the six weeks, you can get the five hundred dollars back. Or you can apply it to pay off half of your yearly membership, and then you'll owe us five hundred dollars more at the end of that for your yearly membership. And I was like, Jeez. no, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that, man. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, but I think it's I. So I grew up watching a lot of boxing. Mm-hmm. So actually, like the 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 uh, karate tournament when like they kept exploiting the injury, yeah. I was like, oh, you just do that. I was like, that's just strategy. I was like, he didn't cheat at all. But that's how that's how boxing is. Right, like, right, if someone right. gets injured in boxing, you just attack that spot. Right. Um, apparently, there's a little bit more to it in karate. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kristen and I, because. Uh, I, I, I didn't get her into combat sports, um, but when we do watch combat sports, it's mainly boxing, because mm-hmm. that's the one I know. And she was like, I don't see the problem <laughs> with this. <laughs> and so I was like, I wonder if there's like a karate like thing about yeah. it. And so then when season two started, we were like, yeah, it probably has to be something yeah. about that. Because if someone sprained their shoulder in a boxing match... You would just keep hitting them in that right. shoulder until they gave up. Like, yeah. Well, it's like fencing and stuff. There's like rules. It's like a, a higher art, or not art form, but a higher fighting form. Yeah, it's like, like there's art. Yeah. 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 Well, and martial arts is like way more of like a way of life than sure. like boxing. Mm-hmm. Boxing is just a sport. Like you dedicate your life to it for sure, right? Mm-hmm. To operate at the highest level. But like, like karate and like martial arts in general is supposed to be like a life altering discipline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. It makes sense, but yeah, at the time I was like, oh, it don't seem fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this time, uh, or the next podcast, we'll all be like in tip-top fighting shape and right. we'll after taking all of our classes. And yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. We'll fight each other for the mantle of Santa Claus. Yes. Oh, yeah. The next <laughs> fat man. <laughs> or fat woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, listen to Let's Jaws for a minute. Listen to Fundamentals. Read my stuff at Film for Thought. Buy the Ashen Prophecy. Uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for events at the Empty Space Theater uh, virtually. And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, we're the spooky bad guys. Yeah.